When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show, coming at you live and in living color right here on where else? 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking until 10 o'clock as per usual. Gordon and Larry will carry the rest of the night on a jam-packed, busy Busy Thursday, we got Harvey Cruz and Jacob Perry. They're along for the ride. They're producing the program tonight. And as always, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. An eventful Thursday with so much going on here in the world of sports. We're going to kind of make the transition here, as we said, to week two in the NFL. Because why? It is week two in the NFL. Because in a little over an hour from now, you got the Chargers, you got the Chiefs. That is a huge game in the AFC West. And it is the first Thursday night game. Well, technically last week was. But this is the first Thursday night game now on the Amazon Prime vehicle that you're going to have to stream if you want to watch it. The NFL took Amazon's money. You know, Jeff Bezos write a big fat check, and the NFL said thank you very much. And because of that, you're going to have to, you know, maneuver your tendencies a little bit and come to grips with the new world in that most things are going to be streamed, and that might be your only outlet to get sports one day. And if you haven't been keeping up with it, for those of you that have the Sunday ticket package with DirecTV, like I do, and have had it for a good number of years, that's going to be changing soon as well. I believe that this is the last year of the contract. And it sounds like Sunday Ticket is going to be going to a streaming-only service beginning in 2023, whether that's Apple, whether that's um, Amazon, whether that's ESPN+, Plus, even whatever. But your Sunday Ticket is going to be something that's streamed exclusively starting in another year. Because if they're going to pay the most money, the NFL is going to say thank you very much, and we will take it because too much is never too much. When you look about the National Football League and how much money that they bring in on a fairly, fairly constant basis when you're talking about their revenues because they are the superpower and, you know, nothing is even close to equitable to what they do. But more importantly, you got this game tonight, which should be a good one. We'll preview it a little bit later on. We'll also dive deeper into the two locals. You got the Jets and Browns, of course, on Sunday, Giants and Panthers, and the Giant home opener coming up in MetLife Stadium. And for those that haven't looked ahead, both teams are going to be playing at the same time on Sunday. You got both of them going head-to-head at 1 o'clock, so you know that that's happened a little bit more frequently over the last several years, and you're going to be having to deal with it again on Sunday. Giants feeling a little bit better about themselves, of course, because they get a win. Jets, on the other hand, coming off the loss. Coach checking receipts, keeping receipts, needing to play better, and now they're going into what's going to be a hostile environment in Cleveland for the Browns' home opener as they look to go to 2-0. And if you heard, uh, if you didn't hear, Tony Grossi, who covers the Browns, he joined us last night on the show. He threw the statistic out there, and I didn't even realize it until he said it. The Browns have not started 2-0 since 1993. So that is the history they are looking to buck with a win against the Jets coming up on Sunday. In 1993, their head coach was, that's right, Bill Belichick. That's how long ago you got to go back 
since Cleveland was able to start the season with two consecutive victories. We'll let the Yankees pause. You know, we'll talk about them a little bit, but, you know, they're living a good life right now because they're playing winning baseball. They take their show on the road to Milwaukee to begin a weekend series there starting tomorrow. We'll also uh, play some Aaron Boone for you. He was on in his weekly spot with the guys earlier today on the uh, the K show. But life is good if you're a Yankee fan, right? Life is good if you're the Yankees. And it wasn't even all that long ago, just a few weeks, where, you know, you started to think that maybe things were headed in the opposite direction. We were talking about, boy, are the Yankees potentially going to surrender their hold on that American League East title? Well, now you don't have to worry about those things anymore. They got a six-and-a-half game lead. In the division, you had Toronto, Tampa Bay annihilate Toronto earlier this afternoon, 11 to nothing. So six and a half is the lead over the Blue Jays. And the Yanks are going to win this division. You know, there's no way that they're going to cough this thing up. Unfortunately, you got to talk about the other team in town, and that is the Mets. And they are the disaster right now. And normally you just look at the opponent that night, and you can think to yourself, well, you know, it's the so-and-so. They'll be fine. They'll snap out of it. This is what they always do. Well, you haven't been able to say that for the last couple of weeks, right? You haven't been able to go there when you're talking about this Mets baseball team because it has been the bottom feeders. It's been Washington. It's been Chicago. It's been Miami. It's been Pittsburgh, and now it's Pittsburgh again. And they're supposed to roll over these teams because they're some of the worst in Major League Baseball. And the Mets are a team that has been in first place pretty much all season long, but yet they don't resemble a first-place team. Hell, when you've watched the Mets the last three days against the Cubs, you would have thought the Cubs were a team that's 35 games over 500, and it's the Mets who are playing out the string, just waiting for the year to end and to turn to page to 2023. So first of four tonight against the Pirates. You just beat beat them two out of three in their ballpark last week. Carlos Carrasco on the mound. Are you confident? Like, seriously. Like, you can't even look at it anymore and say, oh, yeah, they'll snap out of this thing because they're too good not to. Really? Are you sure about that? Are you 100% convinced that the Mets are going to find their way out of this mess? You know, I tweeted this out earlier today, and you can get me in there uh, at Dan Grasse, G-R-A-C-A, as always. We're talking about the Braves, and we're talking about trying to hold on to the National League East division lead, which, yes, of course, is important. But don't look now. They're only four games up in the loss column on the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, you just expected, oh, you know what? They'll win the East, and then they're going to go into the playoffs as the two-seed in the National League. They're going to get a first-round bye. All's going to be right with the world. St. Louis, who is playing good baseball, and St. Louis, who is playing a garbage Cincinnati team for the next few days in their own building. Cardinals are only four back. What would happen if... Let's say the Mets win the division, but Atlanta also continues to slump, and it's going to be like an awful race down to the finish line, but yet somehow St. Louis steals that two seed. Then you're going to go into the playoffs not playing well, and you're going to have to play in that first round and have a much more difficult path to a World Series potentially. And you can't discount any of these possibilities, given how this team is playing. 18 games left. 18 games left, nine home, nine away. What's your confidence level in this Mets team right now? Coming down the home stretch here with these final 18. Will they snap out of this? Will they right the ship? Atlanta's not playing today, but they're even in the loss column. And if you lose this game tonight, then Atlanta leapfrogs you in that all-important category. 
That's the one you can't control. You got to make up games. You have an unequal amount of games. Well, you know what? If you're behind in the L column, all they got to do is then take care of their business and just keep winning. Only good news is Max Scherzer's coming back on Monday. And you say, okay, great. But you're not worried about Max Scherzer. You're worried about this offense. This offense can't do anything. Anything. And yeah, you know what? If you're a fan, you're probably a little bit salty because you've seen this act before. You've seen this from this Mets team over the years. 2007 was 15 years ago, but you know what? It's still fresh. And I know that the circumstances were different. That was a seven-game lead with 17 to play. You know, like, we've been there. We've done that, right? Always. 2008, same thing. Maybe they didn't have as big of a lead, but they still blew the lead. They still couldn't hold on to that top spot. And now the last three games, they scored six runs. Six lousy runs against a Chicago Cubs team, which is one of the worst in Major League Baseball. And not exactly throwing any sort of Hall of Fame pitcher at them either. I know that Starling Marte's not in the lineup, and I know that he's on the shelf, and they miss him. And I'm a big Starling Marte fan. I think he's been fantastic for this team. But guys, he ain't Roberto Clemente. You know? Not Henry Aaron that you're missing from this lineup. Not Willie Mays. Good old Willie, number 24, retired for the Mets. Met royalty Willie Mays. Starling Marte. You got enough guys in that lineup to compensate. Just like, if I'm being fair, the same thing that the Yankees went through earlier this season when they couldn't score any runs. And yeah, they were missing a couple of people, but you know what? I read down the laundry list of the names that were in that Yankee lineup, and I said that the Yankees had enough to get it done with the guys who were still in that lineup. And I'm saying the same thing about the Mets. Do your job. Those guys had no problem producing the first, you know, four and a half months of the season. Why is it different now? Why can't they get a hit now? Here's the manager on if he thinks the offense is pressing. Oh, I hope so. It's human nature. You got a deadline. You're pressing to to get it. You know, it is. It's it's, it's the way life is. Can you function when you have that sense of urgency? That's the challenge in just about in all walks of life. I mean, we all have, you know, we're late for something. You know, can you drive well? I mean, it's kind of what this is. You know, we, there's, we're trying to get to that finish line and, and have a chance to be the last team standing. And all those goals are still there for us. But uh, these are the times that uh, we've, had, we've had challenges this year. Don't like it. We, 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 don't, we know it hasn't been a, always aesthetically pleasing. But uh, I think because of the time of year and the things that are going on, there's a lot more rightful focus on it. Like I said, it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. It, it really and truly doesn't even matter. They got to do their job. As long as Darren Ruff's name isn't in the lineup. That's the one guy. I mean, I, 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 I've talked about it for the last I don't know how many nights. I just can't take any more of this Darren Ruff. I don't know what it's about. I don't know if Darren Ruff has pictures. I don't know if Darren Ruff knows where the bodies are buried. Whatever analogy you want to use. Why is he still in this lineup on far too many occasions? And he does nothing. I don't know how many people heard it last night because the games were on everything, but I said, you know, let's be fair. We've taken a lot of shots, a lot of shots at Brian Cashman and for the job that he did at the trade deadline. And a lot of it has been a swing and a miss. How about the job that the Mets did? Look at the Mets trade deadline. How many of those guys have actually worked out for them? All those designated hitters or at least, you know, the three-headed monster they tried to incorporate as the DH? How many of those guys have actually gotten it done? Darren Ruff included, Tyler Naquin, Daniel Vogelbach. I mean, come on, these guys have not produced. 
And for the Mets to sit there and tell you like they have, oh, we think we've upgraded the DH position. Really? I've seen J.D. Davis get more hits, more meaningful hits, with the San Francisco Giants just in the last two weeks than I've seen either of these three guys that the Mets brought in since they've been here for a month. More than a month. Month and a half. And I don't want to see David Peterson on the mound anymore either. Enough with him. Darren Ruff, David Peterson, you know what? Send them off to the corner. They could give them some toys, give them a tablet, give them some magazines, stock the refrigerator, let them hang out. They can watch the game from there. I don't want to see them on the field anymore in a big spot. If they're down 8 nothing, you can put David Peterson in the game. Uh, but in a meaningful, meaningful baseball spot, he can't be taking them out anymore. Two clunkers in a row. Two clunkers when you needed somebody to elevate the rest of the ball club. Somebody do something. I know it's not just on one guy, but sometimes one guy is all it takes. You know, a big hit, a big pitch, a big outing, a big something. That can lift an entire team, and nobody has done that for this group. Nobody. And last night it was so disgraceful. I mean, the fact that he only got one out, and the worst part about it was you needed five relievers. Five relievers to finish that game last night. And the Mets are not going to have another day off until next Thursday. So that's not exactly doing wonders for your bullpen, is it? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So we'll see what happens. Pirates are in. Roberto Clemente night. They didn't retire Roberto's number, by the way. That had been speculated by some around Major League Baseball. I guess Joan Payson never made him a promise. They were going to have his number retired, if you believe that story. We'll talk to Greg Buttle, our pal, my partner on Jets pre- and post-game, coming up a little bit later on as we set the scene for Sunday's Jets-Browns game. We'll talk to Jordan Renan, our good buddy, of course, covers the Giants for us here on ESPN. Giants trying to move to 2-0 as they welcome in Carolina at MetLife Stadium. And we'll also have some words to say about the GOAT hanging it up. Roger Federer calling it a career. As sublime an athlete as you've ever seen, much less on a tennis court. Dan Gross' show on a Thursday. We'll get this baby rolling right after this on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's go to the phones. Let's start it off. Here's our pal, Artie. He is in Brooklyn. He's first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Art, how we doing? You know, it would figure that I'm a Mets fan too, right, Dan? 
I mean, Art, it's you're basically like cut from the same cloth, right? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So, so look, I was critical of the GM when when I'm sitting there and I'm, oh, we got all this money. Fine, you got Scherzer, and um, you know Marte was a good player, but I want and look, I wanted Bryant. So look what happened to him. So I was wrong about that. I'm with you I there. I wanted Brian too. Right. And, 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 and at the trading deadline, I'm not saying you're getting Soto, but I'm watching these relievers go to the Braves and go hey, here and go Artie, there. Hey, Soto, Soto, Soto stinks as a Padre. He stinks. Right. But you know what? If he made those moves and they stunk, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. I'm not going to jump. To, I'm not going to jump because listen, when 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 um when those guys came over like rough and stuff like that, and they started hitting. I'm going, hey, I got to bite my I got to bite my tongue. But here's the thing, if if the Mets fans are calling and saying that they're the they're, they're the one of the better teams, they're not even they're not as good as the Braves. They're not as good as the Dodgers. They're not as good as the Yankees. They're not as good as the Astros. It's not a failure if we don't get to the World Series. Set this team up. So you have your, your uh, Jake, uh, Jake and Scherzer pitching, and then go from there. If they don't make it, the GM's got to go up there and get a superstar. Listen, Lind- Lindros, I mean Lindros, Lindor had to be, get the, they had to overpay for Lindor. They made the trade, right? They had to overpay. But he's a number two guy. He's the, but there's no cesspitus on this team. Alonzo's supposed to be it, but he's not there yet, okay? He's, he's the only one guy. So go out and get a guy that can carry us next year. They need another bat. I thought it was going to be Conforto, but obviously I was wrong about that too. So yeah, I'm not. A, you know, I'm not right on this, but I know that this they're not as good as the Braves and they're not as good as the Dodgers. All right, uh, Dave, thanks for taking the call, bud. All right, hang in there. Uh, right now, how can I disagree with you? How can anybody sit here? I mean, you could be the most died in the wool optimistic Mets fan in the world. How can anybody sit here and take exception? With something like that and saying they're not as good as the Braves, they're not as good as the Dodgers. Right now, they're not as good as the freaking Cubs. Maybe we're saying the same thing about the Pirates by the end of the night. But you know what? If you just get to October and you get matched up in a series, I mean, there's been plenty of examples. Plenty of examples of teams that limp into the playoffs and are playing god-awful baseball. And they win championships. Because it really is, you know, like the cliche, it's true. The record resets once you get to the postseason. It is a brand new year. Remember the Yankees in 2000 when they beat the Mets in the Subway Series. That Yankee team in 2000, they were hurting down the stretch. Like really, really bad. And they weren't necessarily looked at as the, you know, perceived heavy favorite like we once thought about them in the previous couple of years. But they still got it together when it mattered the most. And they won a championship. Remember, the Mets, if you remember back in 2000, the Mets actually won the National League pennant and clinched their spot in the World Series before the Yankees even wrapped up the American League. Like, the Mets were there waiting for the Yankees to join them. And we know how that worked out. You know, 2006, the Cardinals that beat the Mets in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series, that Cardinals team, they won like 82 or 83 games that year to win a crappy National League Central, and they won the World Series. You just never know. 
I mean, like, the pitchers, all right, like, Scherzer, DeGrom, like, they're healthy, knock on wood right now. But what about the bats? Like, tell me where the bats are going to show, like, this stark improvement come the playoffs. That's where I'm a little bit leery. And I know that, again, Starling Marte, we could talk about him until the cows come home. Starling Marte, you know, it's got to be more than just that. You're not taking, like, Aaron Judge off this team, the fact that Starling Marte is on the injured list. Other guys should be able to get the job done. You got Pete Alonso, who, you know, every five minutes they want to pin him as a two-time home run champion. Hey, Pete, how about hitting some home runs? Francisco Lindor, who makes more money than God. Francisco Lindor makes more money than the rest of the team combined. How about him getting some hits? You know, Jeff McNeil's had a great year, but you know what? Where's some of those hits now? All I see is Jeff McNeil slamming his batting helmet into the grass in frustration. And I don't want to hear about tired either. Oh, they're tired. They're tired. Enough with the tired. It's baseball. What, they never played a season before? What, 162 games sneak up on them? Did they not think the schedule was this long? Like, oh, I thought that the season was over in August. Freddie Freeman has played in all but one game this year for the Dodgers. You know when he got his first day off? Yesterday. You know why he got a day off? Because the Dodgers won the National League West and clinched the division two nights ago. So they finally gave Freeman a day off. Trey Turner has played in all but two games for the Dodgers. Those guys struggling? Freddie Freeman's older than Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. He's having a fantastic year. It's just, it's a bunch of excuses. That's what it is. At the end of the day, you got to go out there and produce. And you want to talk about deficiencies this team has and, 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 and all these other things. They did an awful job at the trade deadline. They did. And that's on the front office. Forget about the offense and the fact that those guys aren't hitting their weight. They failed to go out there and secure a reliable bridge to Edwin Diaz in that bullpen. That is where they goofed. And that is something that could bite them in the you-know-what. Forget about getting to, you know, once you get to October, how about trying to get to October? I never would have thought in a million years. Like, after they took two out of three from the Dodgers, however many weeks ago that was, I would have never thought in a million years we'd be sitting here having these conversations, that the Mets are in trouble, that the Mets can't beat the Cubs, that the Mets can't beat the Nationals, that the Mets can't beat the Pirates. It's like bizarro world. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We get into the Yankees here for a bit because, you know, all is right in Yankee land. No game today. Brewers tomorrow. But how sustainable is this little stretch that they're on right now? And apart from Aaron Judge, I'm actually going to give you one huge positive that I've seen from this team here over the last few days and something that really could almost be an X factor for this team moving forward even into the month of October. It's the Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm partial to the Jose Feliciano version. Now, why do I bring it up? Because Jose Feliciano's at City Field tonight, and he's singing the national anthem. So I'm seeing this whole, like, Twitter thing ensue about, you know, nobody knows who he is and so on and so forth. And any time a Jose Feliciano reference is made, that is my contribution to the conversation, his version of Light My Fire. Now, of course, this is the, the more popular version. This is kind of the standard version. Here's the one by the doors, of course. You know, this is a classic, right? Jim Mars. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. This is, like, standard. But if it's just a matter of preference, I'm going with the Jose Feliciano version. You know, sit in a dark room, put headphones on. You don't even have to have any, uh, you know, recreational materials in there. I'm just saying sit down, chill out. And get lost in the Jose Feliciano version of Light My Fire. That, that That's just me. It's just me. I mean, you're not alone on that. I'm not. That might have been my first time listening to it. And honestly, I just wanted to kick back and enjoy the rest of it. Then I've succeeded. Then I've succeeded. If I'm turning you on to it, I'm sure I'm turning a lot of other people on to it as well. And they probably think exactly the same thing. Trust me, when I go home, I'm going to add this to my playlist. I'm going to be relaxing. Dan Grasso, you've done it. you got a fan. See that? I just, I'm telling you. And I'm not sitting here dumping on the other one. I mean, the Doors one is a classic. But the Jose Feliciano version is lesser known, but I just think it's haunting. It's awesome. It, it, it's, it takes you in a different place than where Jim Morrison and company were taking you. So people think Jose Feliciano, Feliz Navidad. I'm thinking Light My Fire. And Jacob is into it. Jacob's going to go home, and he's going to download the song. Ryan Hurley, our program director, just texted me. Uh-oh. With one word. What do you think that word is? I think he said no. He said blasphemy. Wow. Strong. <sighs> he did say it's a great version, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great I, Like I said, you can't go wrong either way. What I'm trying to do and what we try to do on this show, we try to we try to offer different things, you know, educate folks on a wide array of topics, not just sports, but, you know, music, culture, this, food, you know. I don't know. We haven't done much food, but, you know, we'll get a chef in here one day and he'll just, like, cook up some weird stuff for us. But, no, that's what we try to do. And I think there's a lot of people that aren't familiar with that version. And now they are. Jacob, I told you, you, you're a convert. I am. I'm a convert, and I'm. I'm openly admitting, you know. Usually, I'm kind of iffy about new songs or trying, you know, trying new things. But you know, Dan, that was like such so easy. I think you like read my soul or like looked into my soul. And, like you know what, Jacob needs this. Why? Why would I steer you down a path that you don't want to go? And and why would I do that to you? 
I mean, listen, we're uh, we're both uh, strong supporters of the Jets and Mets, so it it could be a little steering me the wrong way, but not with not with this. You're you're on the hundred percent, hundred percent. Harvey, do you have a vote one way or the other? You know, I'm a big uh, Feliciano guy. At least for this song, so I'm gonna go with Jose Feliciano. Nice. Here. See but, that? Yeah. We got three for three. The only one that didn't agree was Ryan. It was it was Ryan? Right. But you know what? Majority rules, though. Right? Three out of four? I mean, unless he uh, will pose a hierarchy. No yeah, I mean, he, right. <laughs> no, no democracies over here. Right, he outranks us. So we lose that part of the conversation. But still, you know, like I said, maybe some more people are going to get turned on to this thing. How about the fact, you know, like they're going to be listening to the podcast. It could be later tonight or later before our, our show is even over or tomorrow at some point. Everybody has different listening habits. They could be listening to this show on the podcast like on the way to work tomorrow. And then they hear this conversation about Light My Fire, and they're like, wow. And then they they hear the song, and they listen to it, and then boom. I want to say by the time uh, David Ricker on, you're probably going to have five new followers. Easy. Super easy. Here's what I want, though. Here's what I want. If the Jose Feliciano version of Light My Fire enters like the you know the iTunes charts or something like that, you know, most streamed song, most downloaded, Spotify, whatever, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to cut. You know, that's about uh, 10 cents. I want to cut. 10 cents times however many downloads. I mean, yeah. Right? Sounds like a nice little I vacation. mean, this, is, this, is, this, this could blow up. Blow up. I may not have to pay for lunch one day because of it. You're going to be known as one the guy day. who uh, sold F- <laughs> Jose Feliciano <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Right, Jose Feliciano is going to have like a major, like, you know, uh, revive. Think about what that song, um, the one song from uh, Kate Bush, because it was in Stranger Things. That song from the 80s. What is it called? Like Running Up the Hill or Running Down the Hill? Something about Running the Hill? Yeah, Running Up the Hill. Running Up the Hill. That song now is like, you know, back on the charts or whatever. Kate Bush is popular, all those things, because it featured in Stranger Things. I would think the popularity of this show is close or near the popularity of Stranger Things. And you don't have to pay a subscription for this show either, like you do with Netflix. Yeah, I'm wondering, because I'm looking at uh, the actual video numbers for Running Up That Hill. It's uh, it's huge. 133 million. It's huge. Compared- now, this, like, got started, I don't know how many months ago, like when the song, you know, when they when that episode started streaming. But it's enormous. Yeah. You hear it everywhere. Everywhere. Social media, TikTok. And when is this song originally from? Like 1980 what? Exactly. Because I got to be honest with you. Like I was still, you know, of a younger age at that point. Like whenever the song was initially released, I wasn't familiar with that song. 1985. 1985. You know what I was listening to in 1985? I've got to think about it. Well, Thriller was still popular in 1985. I mean, that thing was like the, you know, top record for like three years. Bingo. You know? Purple Rain, Prince, you know, Springsteen's Born in the USA back then. Those were like the, the big... I'm thinking that's like the early MTV days. I remember I was like, you know, yay high watching MTV. And that's how you got all your, you know, like those Billy Joel videos from uh, An Innocent Man. MTV was a thing. I, I loved it. They, they got to do something to get that back to a certain degree. Like what? Get rid of ridiculousness? What do you, what do you Yeah, mean? exactly. People got to start making like music videos again in popular, you know, like regularity and then i mean you could watch them for free yeah online but like who wants that i mean you know <laughs> mtv has some like some of the greatest videos just because like some some of them that those 
that they premiered and they were great, and then there's others that you just remember for them being quirky and like outrageous. And people people don't understand like if they're not old enough, people don't remember a time where like now if you want to hear a song, you just go on and you get it. Like instantaneously. There was actually a time once upon a time where, like, it, it, like you had to maybe, like, if you wanted to hear one particular song, you had to keep the radio on, hoping that it would be played. You had to put MTV on to hope that the video would get played or something like that. That, that was, like, your only hope uh, if you didn't own the album or anything at that time yet. Now you get everything on the palm of your hand. You get everything, like, five minutes ago. I'm, you know, like, the Internet's great. Don't get me wrong. The Internet is great. We're better people for it. But the internet ruined a lot of things, too. Like MTV. Like VH1. Like, uh, coconuts. <laughs> not the, not the fruit, the store. You know, Sam Goody, all that stuff. Oh, Sam's Club, oh, yeah, all of that. All those, re- you know, record stores, CD stores, you know, all them joints. But we could kind of get into that even with the streaming platforms, with uh, Blockbuster and all Oh, that. Blockbuster. I said, if I could, if you give me like one retro wish, I'd go back in time and I want to be able to rent a movie, walk into Blockbuster, you know, whatever you got, like two days, three days or whatever it was. I might even chalk up a late fee just to say that I have a late fee because I know that I'll never have to pay because like the store doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And the drop box, like you drive up and then like you didn't have to go in to return it. You could just like put it through like the little mail slot phenomenal <laughs> i think to me i just want to be around on the nostalgia on the oh. blockbuster on a friday just just to see what the vibes were right go now. into the blockbuster you rock some of the buy some of the microwave popcorn that they had for sale there and like the little wrappers and the candy and and stuff like that get a couple of movies rent a video game video games were expensive back in the day you know like if you we didn't have money as kids you know what i'm saying like so like 40 50 bucks or whatever how much a new game cost and what what you didn't want to have happen was if you like the one of the worst feelings in the world was buying a video game and it'd be horrible and then you're just like you can't wait to get rid of like this is so bad I don't want to play this thing like I'm done and then you're stuck with it you couldn't do anything with it that's why renting the video game from Blockbuster before you committed to buying it was like the greatest thing in the oh, world. Oh, a hundred times, a hundred times better. And I kind of wish we had something like that—not just like a little kind of demo thing, but actual something I go experience and enjoy the full, uh, the full experience. But how yeah, about, for sure, Blockbuster. Uh, how about the video arcade? You no, know, we could go to Barcade. You know, that's always. A good I know time. they still have that, right? Yeah, they now they do it. Yeah. They even play, like, the retro games and stuff like that. But Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the same. Like, a, a, I remember go, just going to a, a room full of just arcade games and just spending my whole afternoon there. All I needed was $5, two, $2.25 for pizza, <laughs> maybe something for a drink, and the rest were just straight arcade games. And you better make sure, you better make sure the change machine was working, right? Because if one of those bad boys were out, then you could put your dollar in to get the quarters back to play the video. If that wasn't working, you were out of luck. Oh, yeah. Well, either that or if it ate up your dollar. You're oh, for, oh, yeah, right. You had to have a nice crisp dollar or else forget it. You were done. So that was fun. But, yeah, I mean, Jose Feliciano, he gets the nod over the doors when it comes to light my fire. I, it's That's just, I'm sticking to it. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. 800-919-3776. We'll talk about the Yankees, as promised, and we hear from the skipper before we start getting into some football stuff. Greg Buttle, Jordan Renan still to come on this Thursday night. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. 
You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hey, you know what? Breaking news. We got a breaking news sounder anywhere? I'm sure we do. We spare no expense. I don't know if we have it handy. But if we do have a breaking news sounder, guess what? Pretend there's a breaking news. The Mets have a lead. Oh, my gosh. The Mets have an actual lead. Like, they're, they're keeping score in an organized baseball game, and the Mets have more runs than the opponent, and they have two of them. I, I mean, we're not used to seeing these things, but it, it actually happened. And Daniel Vogelbach, of all people, the guy who I killed in the opening of the show, but you know what? It was deserved. Two-run double, Mets two, Pirates nothing. Let's see if they can actually keep the lead as we move forward through this baseball game. Let's say hi to Jose. He is in Newark. He is up next here on 987 ESPN. Jose, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, Jose. What's up? Good. So, two things for you. First, Jose Feliciano's version of California Dreaming, if you haven't heard it. Oh, I'm familiar. I'm oh, familiar. Beautiful. Beautiful version. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Glaber and see what you thought about Glaber Torres, because I'm completely confused about this kid. It's all feast of famine. When he's bad, he's terrible, but when he's good, he's lights out. And I kind of feel that the Yankees are so much better when he's doing good, but we tend to struggle a bit when he's not hitting. And he feels real important in the playoffs. Which Glaber, who's Glaber to you? Is he closer to what he is right now? Or is he the kid that you just don't know about who will end up being in the minors at some point? I just, I'm confused about this kid. I don't know what he is. Jose, I don't think you're talking about the minors, but you're darn right. And he kind of stole my thunder because that's the guy that I was talking about as that is the difference that I have seen in this Yankee team over the last few days. I mean, judge is judge. But the way that Glaber Torres is swinging the bat, I mean, he's got nine RBIs in the last four games. I mean, he is a game changer. And it seems like we've been saying this about him since before the pandemic. Remember in 2019, the guy had a season where you thought that we might be talking about a future league MVP. Like, that's how high I and probably a lot of the baseball world was on this guy And then ever since 2020, he's just been a disappointment. And I know this is a very small sample size, but, oh, my gosh, can you imagine if you bottle this from now till the end of the season, how that changes the complexion of this Yankee team? Yeah, no, it's exactly what I think. You know, he's kind of like the barometer. We kind of go as you, you know what you're getting from Aaron Judge. You know what you're getting from DJ when he's healthy. You know what you're getting from Cole when he's doing his thing. Glabar is so... When he's good, he's great, and we're, like, clicking. When he's bad, it's like we, we, we're missing something. And I just, I'm just hoping with maturity or maybe the right person in his ear, I don't know what it is that kind of keeps him in different spectrums. But if he's good, man, he's shown that he could be special. But I just don't know if we could bottle it up and we, he could be that for us long term. So, man, I'm hoping he could just push through and um, he's good throughout the playoffs because I think we're just going to be much better if he is. If not, then we might find ourselves struggling. Jose, I'll take. How about this? I-, I would say settle for the rest of this season, meaning like just get to October. So they have what nineteen games left. The Yankees sign up for those nineteen. If he could finish strong, not to say that he's going to be driving in runs at the clip that he's been doing here over the last few games, but if he keeps producing, just until the end of the regular season, I would like to think that when the playoffs roll around, that's a guy that you're counting on. Like, isn't that incredible? Like, he's a guy who people wanted out of the lineup, not playing significant games, significant roles, to now where you're having me sit here and actually advocate for maybe somebody that in two and a half weeks from now, 
could be someone that is a legitimate, legitimate run producer that is expected to produce runs for this baseball team. Hey, talent never goes anywhere. Sometimes talent maybe goes down a wrong path and talent is maybe hidden to a certain extent, but the talent is there. Now, where Glaber got into trouble, he had that 2019 season, which was as good as anybody, right? And for his age and for the experience that he had as a big leaguer, you said, wow, right? I mean, he was 22 years old. And he had a season that was like MVP-esque or a guy that you could see winning MVP trophies. And then the pandemic hit. And then he showed up for that summer camp in 2020 and he was out of shape. Brian Cashman even came out and admitted as much. And it just seems like he hasn't really been able to ever recapture that level again. But maybe this is like a small window into it. You know, maybe he has figured some stuff out. Maybe he's, maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe he's got he's got that ironed out now. Maybe he went back and he watched, like, old footage of himself from 2018 and 2019, and he said, you know, this is the player that I could be. Right? I was the hotshot prospect once upon a time. I was the guy that, you know, the Yankees said fine, you know, to the Cubs. If you want to roll this Chapman, we're getting Glaber. That he was so highly coveted. Makes a hell of a lot of sense, doesn't it, the way that he's swinging the bat? This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.